Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the uh, Core Business Room. Tim Jacquet, your host. Today we're going to talk about organ building, and uh, it's a question that keeps coming up. And we're going to talk to a founder and uh, president of Paskey uh, Organ Builders, who is on the West Coast, and uh, which is in uh, uh, Washington, Roy Washington. And we'll talk to Marty in a few minutes. So in the meantime, let's go and take a break from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back in a moment with the president of um, Paskey Oregon Company. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. Here's a roll from our sponsor. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Well, welcome back to the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Well, Martin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. I, to begin with, kind of tell us about how you got started into organ building. Well, uh, my story is uh, I grew up in Austria, in Europe, um, and went to a church regularly there and was a member of a uh, boys' choir. And um, we, so we were a um, bunch of boys um, around the organ a lot, and I showed special interest uh, for the sound of the organ and always really uh, wanted to hear the organ as much as I could. So I went to church a lot and, uh, in order to get that. And uh, so after, you know, when I became of age to, to choose a profession, I 
I thought of that, that that would be a good thing. I was always really good with my hands and also had a keen interest in music. So uh, it was a, it seemed like it was a perfect combination uh, to become an organ builder, and that's how I got started. I applied for an apprenticeship position there nearby where I grew up in, in Austria, and they took me on, and I went to a four-year apprenticeship program with working at the shop and also a school in Germany, an organ building school near Stuttgart. And so after that, the company sent me off into the world installing organs and um, came to this country, uh, to the U.S., uh, quite a bit over the years and um, eventually stayed and, and, uh, and then worked with builders in Canada and the U.S. before I started my business in um, Roy, Washington, which is near Seattle, um, and about until 1990. Wow, what what an amazing journey! So, before we talk about how you start your particular uh, business, tell us about the the uh, the apprenticeship program itself in the organ building. Yeah, this uh, you know in Europe or in in a lot of countries in Europe, uh, apprenticeship programs are um, in place in order for kids basically you know to to become. A professional, and uh, this is uh, typically at the age uh, starts typically at age 15, so it's kind of like a substitute for high school, and but but with this emphasis on 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 a on a trade, and so there are schools for any kind of trade you can imagine, including organ building or piano making, violin making, or any any other trade one could imagine. And so a school has to be provided. That's a law. And so that's how, you know, typically you start in organ building. You know, the, the woodwork is a very important part of organ building. Um, and so one learns how to make cabinets as opposed to furniture, wood joinery. That's usually the first step. And then... Um, Getting into keyboard making. I mean, you go, go through all the stages of, of of an organ makings, and and it takes you know quite a bit of time, the four years to get through this program. And uh, I had I was fortunate to grow up in this uh, or apprentice with this company that uh, had international esteem, and and um, they delivered organs all over the world, and of course. They always need somebody to go, and I love traveling. So it was kind of a perfect setting for me. And um, but the uh, it's always a, a mix of work and school. This apprenticeship program. Uh, it's um, uh, in this case because there's only one school in the German-speaking uh, countries of Europe, uh, the one in in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, one goes like works eight months and then goes. Uh, to school for three months at, in one block. Typically, apprenticeships, uh, uh, school trade schools are local, regional schools where one can just go once, one day a week. Mm-hmm. That's how it normally works. Wow. But, um, yeah. So you start off with uh, cabinet building. Are you there? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Oh, yeah, 
I'm sorry about that. Okay, that's all right. So you start off with a, a cabinet building, and I'm sure that is a fine art to get detail. Because I'm looking at I'm one of your, I'm looking at your website, and I'm looking. Oh my gosh, look at all the fine detail within this cabinet. I mean, which would take hours to complete. So that alone. Um, Learning how to craft that particular detail and make things kind of individual, that's part of that whole process why it takes so long as well. Yes, it, it takes typically uh, sort of an average organ takes us about a year to build, and we are five, five people working at our shop. And, um, of course, what you see is sort of the small part. I mean, it looks large, you know, but as far as hours that go, of, of labor that go into an organ, uh, the, the, the inside this cabinet that you see uh, are many, like hundreds of thousands of parts that all need to be made, including, of course, the pipes, uh, the metal pipes. We cast our own metal for, you know, metal sheets that, that we uh, pour, uh, melt the metal and pour on a table in order to get the right thicknesses and the right alloys that are not easy to buy from suppliers, uh, especially um, we're using very special alloys that are historic, from historic examples in Europe, from organs that that are you know up to 600 years old and still and still work. What? So even from the the mechanical component, and today I'm sure there's a lot more technology uh, into the organ. The pipes will still be the pipes, the bores, the bores, but. When it comes to the the mechanics inside the organ, uh, what differentiates between this, the organ at 600 years old to the organ of today? Well, we, you know, it depends uh, who you talk to. I mean, you know, I'm uh, my company specializes in, in building organs in this historic style, from uh, especially the uh, 17th and 18th century. And those organs were still, even though 300 years ago, they were very much like the ones 600 years ago. Uh, but they, um, so what we do, uh, we really specialize in, in this kind of system, in this historic style, in order to recreate the music you know, uh, that, that needs to be played, uh, the famous composers of, for the organ uh, and other instruments that, 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 you know, so I mean, this is an important part of my style, or the, the style that I use in organ building. There are many other styles, you know, later styles that introduce electricity into the into the playing action. Like when you push a key on the keyboard, um, the, the the linkage between the key and the valve that opens the wind to the pipe uh, in my organs are entirely mechanical. So, in other words, the, the key is suspended from this valve, and then when you push the key, you're actually physically uh, opening this valve with your finger. And then there's this other system later on, once electricity came about, um, you know, over 100 years ago, that then uh, organ builders started using electric connections between the key and the valve. And that lasted for a while, and it's actually still practiced uh, by some companies. Um, but uh, there was, after the, the Second World War, um, there was this organ revival 
um, tracker organ revival, it's called. It's a mechanical uh, tracker. Mean, uh, refers to mechanical uh, key action, and that revival has been going very strong and still is. And, and um, so we we come back to the to the past, trying to um, make instruments that that really can um, produce the, the the old music authentically. So to speak. Okay. So the differences between um uh the old style today, so you do a combination of the mechanical then and less electricity or is is it a mostly mechanical and then electricity added? Well, there's there's some, um, you know, when you choose stops um for an organ by pulling the stops. That part sometimes uh, I will use electric combination system, which allows the organist to make quick changes uh, for certain organ literature. Um, that that where, where that kind of thing is needed, and that usually happens from a certain size on up. And uh, smaller organs or medium-sized organs often uh, have all that also mechanical. So the only electricity um, in many of my organs is is when you switch on the blower that produces the wind that creates the wind that blows into a bellows <clears throat> and uh, that, that's often and, and it also has happened in the past that I have made organs that can play entirely without electricity and then of course you needed somebody to pump the bellows uh, just like before electricity Wow so uh, so you mentioned, I think, the top of the hour regarding the components. Uh, you have to make your own components, metal uh, pipes. Uh, and also you have also, during that time, you had also uh, wood pipes. Um, I don't know if you call them pipes, but... Yes. yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of tell us what's the differences between the metal and the wood. Well, the wood pipes are typically um, made for really large stops, you know, like, like the really very, very large uh, pipes um, are often uh, made of wood because the low frequencies, uh, one, uh, the material of, of of the pipe is not as crucial and uh, anymore because it's a low frequencies. Uh, it's just basically a frequency. It doesn't have much of a, a tone color. It's just a... Uh, base and that's in the background and so anyway for, for because very large pipes are difficult to make out of metal because metal is not as stable as wood as far as uh, strength in itself and um, but in the past uh, you know in, in history one can look at um, places or regions like the Alps in, in Austria, for example, people, you know, organ builders used more wood because wood was very available, and, and, and more in the north where there was not as much wood, uh, there was more metal used for pipes. So it had probably somewhat some, pr you know, practical, some practical reason too. So a wood pipe can sound very, very fine too, um, but the metal pipe is really the most typical um, pipe you can find in, a, in an organ. I mean, the majority out of, let's say, 3,000 pipes in one organ, there would be at least um, 
there might be maybe 200 out of made out of wood and the rest in metal. Okay. Uh, certain regions of the country, uh, like for example, uh, you no know, Germany is and um, the Alps countries are uh, higher in aptitude and versus you no. Know, as you go to different regions, for example, you take the U.S. We're talking about extreme from one to the other. You can go to as far as Alaska to as far as Brownsville, Texas, uh, or Miami, uh, and uh, wood and metal uh, reacts differently with these wide changes. And you have one extreme here in Alaska, uh, Anchorage, Alaska, and you have the extreme, you know, of the uh, the South. Dry heat, high humidity. It does those uh, mecha- those mechanical parts like wood and metal. Do they react differently in those particular climates? And you need to go towards one particular island versus the other. Yeah. Well, metal metal is not so critical. Uh, wood, of course, is. And since the the instrument is made, uh, I would say about seventy percent of of, of the material that we put into an organ is probably wood, and we use um, uh, you know really high quality wood, you know vertical grain wood, where it's where it's appropriate or or desired for stability, <coughs> and um, we <coughs> do build in some kind of mechanism that that will adjust uh, accordingly to you know with with high differences in in humidity mostly uh the the let's say the worst kind of area would be the midwest where where it's cold in the winter and therefore very dry because of the heat and then quite humid in the summer so we need to compensate for these changes and uh, that happens through some you know through experience that that we have collected um um knowledge about what what to do um, for for this sort of thing, it's uh, critical, of course, that an instrument works at any time during the year. For you know, mostly in churches mm-hmm. or concert halls, and and the uh, but we we have we learned how to deal you know to deal with that um, uh, in order to get it you know reliable. Okay, we're going to take a short break real quick, and we'll be back in a moment and talk more about uh, organ building. Be back in about uh, 40 seconds. We're going to take a break. Be back with The Core Business Show. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core 
Once again, here's Tim Chicane. Uh topic today is our organ building. Um uh Martin, I have a question re- regarding the organ building yourself. You have a lot of projects throughout the, the country. And um and most notable the, I think one of your uh projects were in Houston. Can you talk about that that process of that particular organ? And also why you uh, you call in all your organs opus and they by numbers or kind of tell us Yes, and opus opus uh you know is is a name um that translates into original work, you know, like uh, a mm-hmm. lot of composers of music have uh, using the, the, that term. And so if I build two organs uh, that are identical to each other, then I do not call them, then I call them maybe Opus 8, A, and B, but doesn't get a, a separate number because it wouldn't be an original work. So each organ that we build practically is is a is an original piece that 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 is not you know that never repeat um and um the um the, the in case of this opus nineteen as we call it because it's the number nineteen the nineteenth organ that we built since we started uh, in that case we <clears throat> were contacted by the organist and also a consultant that they hired in Houston to um to come and look and see what uh, what I would propose to, to to build there and the building was actually not even built yet when I first went there it was just uh, under construction for the beautiful new cathedral there so um it was there was a bit of a challenge of course it's because of its size it's a huge building and um and we um were glad to to take this project on and Took us three years to build here at the shop, and um, and then installing the organ for almost a whole year it took on site. Uh, that organ has uh, 5,500 pipes, and each pipe, once the physical organ is all all the parts are put together, the pipes need to sound properly in that particular room. Each room has different acoustics, so one cannot prepare that kind of work at home at the shop uh, so each each single pipe needs to be worked on and you know the the, the 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 loudness of each pipe has to be set by letting more or less wind into the into the pipe the tone color of the pipe needs to be set by influencing or, or working on all kinds of parts of, of, of the pipe. The, these pipes are made of tin and lead and therefore are, you know, um, shapeable, uh, soft metal. And um, so that that, that uh, organ, of course, has been a very important part of my career because it was such a, a great opportunity to build for such a good building and good musicians. And a good setting. Um, Houston has um, uh, received quite a few new organs lately, so it uh, seems like it's a it's a really new area for organs uh, to be built. <coughs> and um, the um, the cathedral organ already has now it has been done about for two years. And uh, many people in the world know that organ already. It be- became famous very quickly. Wow! Tell us about that process. Um, 
uh, mainly it was designed for the room, but kind of tell us, walk us through a normal committee uh, person special, specialized in, who's a consultant and the organist there. How you walk through that process? The only thing most people know is they have one of the, a pipe organ for our church, and then we go from there. And then we got to talk about financing and all the other things, but tell us what the makeup uh, for the instrument itself, what they were actually looking for uh, to achieve. Well, you know, they, this um, organ companies mostly work with word of mouth, kind of advertising. You know, one one person talks to the next, and 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 also the organists in a position like this would be fairly, you know, highly educated organists with even a doctorate in organ performance from reputable, you know, universities, and so that's where the first, you know, going through a school like this, you know, they would the students would, would become familiar with, with organ builders and uh, through their teachers. And in this case, uh, the organist there, Krista Miller, she um, engaged um, Robert Bates from the University of Houston, who she uh, studied with at one time and as a consultant. So and he, he's a very internationally known organist who has a lot of knowledge about the ins and outs of organs, you know, um, beyond beyond just playing the organ. And so, uh, you know, when typically what what happens is a church or or an institution will uh, maybe invite three different organ builders to um, to come and look and see what they would suggest or propose to do. And they, and typically also they have the customer would have a, a budget, and uh, and then we would have to work within that budget and 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 propose an instrument. And the proposal is usually, of course, not only a work organ builder's job. It's uh, it's in conjunction with the or you know with the musician of the church and also with the um, consultant together create a stop list, you know, which is a stop list is, is, is like a, a specification of sounds. It's almost like a, an orchestra that, that would have, you know, violins, first violin, second, third, and and so on, you know, through, through all the instruments. And, you know, a small orchestra, a chamber orchestra would be small, and um, a big symphonic uh, orchestra for romantic music or modern music would be large, and, and it's sort of the same sort of their parallels between that and, and an organ. So figure out uh, a stop list first, and then comes the, a design for a visual design for an organ case that would fit into the building. Properly, and uh, sometimes um, architects come into that picture, into that process. And in this case, I have worked with the with the architects there in Houston uh, fairly closely, and you know went back and forth with design issues, and and came up with this what 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 you can see now in the end. And it's a it's a fairly long process. This whole thing that. Um, because it's uh, such a huge undertaking, it, it takes um, such careful consideration. Because it really is something for the future that we make, you know, that that can last literally hundreds of years. Wow. So that's what we hope for. Yeah. And it, 
you know, the typical, that's kind of um, mostly atypical, but a, a typical parish that want to look for an organ, what things they really need to look at, uh, if they're looking at a pipe organ, there's a difference between, I guess, the U.S. and Europe, but kind of tell us what they really need to be uh, thinking about it, thinking about as they're looking at uh, building, uh, considering a pipe organ for the church. Well, um, the most important thing I think, in my opinion, is is that that um, one should um, you know strive for the highest quality uh, of building uh, materials and and process, uh, and uh, that often means that that an instrument might be a little smaller than what the customer was hoping for, but you know um, small course can be beautiful and um, that's that's what I usually uh, try to preach when I when I'm asked for that kind of opinion and 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 the uh, and then of course a big decision is whether it's going to be a mechanical action instrument or electric action instrument and and but that's what I find and my colleagues that build in, in this sort of style also is that customers typically already know what they want to begin with as far as, as the big differences between you know electric and, and mechanical and also stylistic you know there are many many different styles of organ sound you know and especially the German sound and and, and the French sound those are the two main main sound styles that exist and that that has something to do with the um, literature that's being played mostly or being, has, has, has been composed. So I, I uh, churches, um, they, you know, what, what's, what's the best to do, of course, is, is hiring a consultant um, if that's needed, and the consultant would be able to guide uh, the people through the process and also suggest let's say, two or three organ builders that would be suitable for this kind of project that they're desiring to, to get. And, and um, <clears throat> would, one would, um, there are so many different ways of doing it, it's hard to say uh, really um, how the, how, what, what's the proper way or what's the most common way to do it. It's, I find myself in many different uh, situations, you know, each time. Uh, some customers will go and study um, someone's organs, you know, and travel around the country and look and talk to previous customers or the owners of those organs, and and then come, you know, to a conclusion and and say, no, this is maybe not what we want, or this other one that that's really what we want. We like this, and then I get invited. And the, the the bidding or the uh, the proposal process starts uh, with discussions. What would be best to do, and uh, of course the budget, trying to figure out what what that would be or what they can afford. And, and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how it works. So when it comes to the German, the French, and the British sound, uh, we're kind of uh US is kind of a hodgepodge because we just uh we have some traditional churches that's really traditional but then we have 
here we just have a we just have a different level of the game than versus Europeans. They have really been doing this for this type of music for 600 years. Uh, we're new to this. Maybe only I think some of the other churches only what just uh, no 200 years old, and they're they're so diverse. They're trying to, to be everything across the board. Um, and as we grow, you know, we become more sophisticated and say, hey, yeah, we want to do a pipe organ. What is the differences between the, the British sound, the French, and the German? Um, well, <clears throat> the uh, the German sound, uh, as, you know, I mean, this is a very uh, rough um, kind of um, way of saying it, but... Um, the German sound is a, a let's say, a Lutheran, more of a Lutheran sound, which is really based on on, uh, on him singing, mm-hmm. accompanying, or you know, helping the congregation to support with the hymns. Uh, so therefore, the the sound structure of that kind of an organ is is made to do that particular thing really well, and. Of course, there's also lots and lots of uh, literature written, you know, over the over the years, hundreds of years, for the organ in Germany, and then in France, uh, in the more Catholic countries, when the organ looked a little different. It um, it had not an accompanying um, uh, function, but an, an alternating function. You know, it was like between chant and organ. It went back and forth. So the organ was not played with people singing at the same time, and so it has a, quite a bit of a different sound. Plus, of course, the buildings um, in France were very, very large and needed lots of power as far as uh, reed, reed stops, trumpets, and, and trombones and such. And uh, the British, uh, I'm not as familiar with the British sound, but that's that's very. Um, uh, the, 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 the way we think of British organs is is uh, like an accompanying um, a uh, big choir. Mm-hmm. The choir music is is very important in, in England, and therefore it had it yeah, those organs are very expressive as far as loudness up and down. You know, like uh, uh, having swell divisions that 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 can swell the sound up and down loud and soft and to go uh, along with the dynamics of, of the music uh, that is sung by the choir. So and in this country, of course, we often we want all of those things, you know. So, um, and in a case like the Houston organ that I built, the big one, cathedral, it's so large that that, that is possible to do, to do, to combine different styles uh, into one organ. And that's only possible because it's uh, because of its size. Mm-hmm. That's uh, wonderful when that happens, or when it can happen. But of course, many many churches are not that large, and maybe don't have that kind of budget. And then um, I would rather uh, concentrate on a certain on one style rather than mixing styles. And that's usually just a more successful. Um, Musical instrument in the end. Okay. Talking about uh, financing, um, well, let's talk about the cost uh, of a uh, an organ in a church. Um, people just don't have the concept on how much a organ costs 
and I think they get they want a pipe organ because it's what they want to have, but they really don't know all the cost and the detail and the customization is involved with it. What type of process you normally would tell them as you go through you really dealing with a real pipe organ versus maybe a digital organ uh, and two different sounds, one is sample, one is actual sound. Uh, kind of walk walk them through the process. Hey, this is how much this roughly is going to cost you. Um, how do you normally go about that with them? Yeah, as I said all the before, you know the customers um, that that would look into my organs and forgetting one day they would already know uh, quite a bit about that sort of thing. You know what an organ costs. Uh, I mean my organs. You know they range in size and therefore also in price. So I could say uh, 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 an organ for uh, a smaller church could maybe cost three hundred thousand dollars, and then maybe one for a really large church could be two to three million dollars. Um, you know, by the time it's all done, and it's. Uh, reason for the price of these things is, is the, the uh, incredible amount of labor that goes into into it because you know we make all the, really literally all the parts except a, a few electrical components like the blower and screws and type you know readily uh, available in hardware and stuff we buy but but we there's literally hundreds of thousands of parts that we make and, and we just plow through this and, and you know make it and being patient uh, waiting for, for things to get done and then um, you know see we, we don't really get mixed up this electronic or digital sound because people that want that or consider that they, they would never really even consider uh, one of my organs and also the other way around um, a digital organ is can still be very pricey. You know, it's uh, I have heard prices of you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, for a digital device that might not really or most likely will not last um, all that long. You know, because it is a computer-generated sound, and it is, so there is basically a computer in there that. Um, that produces the sound, and as most people know, computers don't really last all that long. Um, so it's uh, it's a, you know obviously uh, they can do a lot of things and imitating sounds, uh, but I think it's a, in the in the end it's a short-lived kind of an investment and maybe not a not a good one. Therefore. Okay, but to get in yours is a minimum of three hundred thousand dollars. If they have a big space, is something that can be overcompensated to make the the space bigger. You know, for example, you have in a lot of uh, sanctuaries that or fitting fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred because, um, for example, a Catholic church uh, they're just building larger churches to accommodate because of less priests in the future. With those type of uh, type situations, will the person be able to get uh, kind of compensate both ways? And maybe they can't. There's no way they're going to swing maybe three million dollars out of their congregation, and they're just making uh, income maybe two million dollars a year. Um, if there are any other options, should I mean they, if they come to, you, they really want a prime instrument. Maybe they want to do it in pieces. 
and say, hey, what can I do if I get a console and build from here and I just do it in tranches, if that makes sense? Hmm. Well, yeah, we, of course, we look at, at an instrument as a um, as a piece of, uh, I mean, a, a certain aspect of, of an instrument uh, that we built, we, we, we could say this piece of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 everything necessarily, but you know, there's a certain aspect in, of, of a finished instrument that one might say that that's art, and 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 the concept of an organ to to design it and then to execute the, the construction of it, it's all <clears throat> interlocked with the idea of something with really you know high integrity. Uh, so it's not really all that possible. One thing, though, that is possible is uh, when I'm talking about sizes of organs, you know, uh, in, many times in Europe, uh, many churches are very large, but they still have much, much smaller instruments uh, than, than we tend to build here in this country. And um, because the sound, no matter how large the organ is or small, the sound will be adjusted to the sound level, you know, as far as loudness, is it will be adjusted to the acoustics that, that the instrument is going to be placed in, and therefore, I mean that, and we call that voicing. This voicing process is is to adjust sound to the room, and therefore, small instruments could be, you know, adequate certainly for a larger space. And the one problem, of course, is nowadays um, the church musicians are highly educated people that go all the way with, you know, um, studying and and, uh, and then practicing all kinds of many, many different styles of organ music, and uh, therefore uh, those people will want as much as they can in order to do all these different sort of things, um, performances and music styles. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's a bit of a dilemma in a way, you know, it's, uh, but... Uh, you know, if there's a strong person behind the project, usually, um, you know, they will find the money. And often, you know, when I start negotiating with a new customer, you know, it might take years before before it comes to a contract. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've worked on, you know, with committees or with customers for like three to four years before from start to, f- to finish, not not finishing actually building, but actually starting to build or actually signing a contract. And, and you know, pipe organs um, have been extremely common in, in traditional churches mostly. And um, I know that, of course, the electronic organ made it possible for some people to uh, to get by um, with you know much less money, but um, really inexpensive electronic organs are, are not very satisfying sounding instruments. And, and if you want to get into better ones, if that's really you know possible, then it 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 costs a, a lot of money to 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 do that. And then um, when when the customer or committees learn how long. Uh, these instruments can live uh, and and really think about it, then it's really an investment for the future. And uh, a lot of people are, you know, like that idea. And and, uh, and then obviously some don't. But but it's uh, 
it's um, it's a big process and a big big commitment when when a church um, or a customer you know decides to to really go into this. Okay. And you know there are churches. I mean, it's uh, even even though you talked about um, budgets, you know, within a church being maybe two million and then a three million instrument would be a lot, but but typically um, that kind of the money that comes. Um, that needs to be raised for an organ typically comes from certain individuals, you know, that will give the money for this sort of thing that possibly not and might might not have anything to do with the general budget of of a of a church or institution. Okay. Lastly, uh questions um is regarding maintenance and uh as you mainly maintenance and also some ways that a church can uh, look at raising funds for an organ. And that's been real successful that you know of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, maintenance is something that, of course, it will need, you know, like anything that um, anything that moves or has moving parts in it, that um, it will need to be taken care of. But we, we have come to a point that where where can be kept to a, a, a quite a minimum that um you know it really depends on how you compare things um uh, but it it's we, we are very interested to keep maintenance very low because that's not <clears throat> our business the maintaining organs really building so we, we are, our interest is is mostly to make it as maintenance free as possible so there might be uh, we teach uh, the local organist or the the person uh, or somebody in the church who has some mechanical and musical inclinations, you know, and teach people to to make minor fixes here and there, adjustments, or to tune the reeds. Those are the ones that go out of tune more often. Uh, the flue work, that the, which is the uh, the majority of the pipes in an organ. There are no no moving parts, and then once they're in tune, they are they stay in tune, with very minor exceptions. And um, but fundraising, you asked about fundraising. Um, yeah, that's I you typically don't get involved in that. I, I sometimes, of course, will make a presentation when a church asks me to help out to explain, you know, why an organ costs as much as it does or why it, why it, why they should have such an organ. And then I will come in sometimes and and present, you know, like a like a process and uh, explain, you know, and, and answer questions that might arise and, and then but the fundraising itself I don't really get involved in. <clears throat> Okay, great. Lastly, uh, what do you like to leave us with regarding your company? Uh, and at the very end, they'll tell us how can we reach out to you, your website, your phone number, um, and general information about you. What do you like to leave our audience with? Yes, well, I, you know, I, I just, I do what I do because I'm very passionate about um, about organs, the organ sound, and organ literature, the music that's played on it. And I, I always have been, and uh, that will never change. <laughs> so 
but I um, I can uh, I can be reached. You know, I have a nice website. I think where where a lot of questions are being answered and uh, lots of pictures and many mechanical or technical details that one can look up. That's at www.pasiorgans.com. That's P-A-S-I-O-R-G-A-N-S.com. And um, typically, you know, we don't uh, we we don't get inquiries just like um, um, you know. We, we, I mean, we don't even have a storefront or anything like that. We're just uh, a shop in a former elementary school that that has been closed down back then. And um, but my phone number is two five three eight four three two nine one four. In case anybody is interested in. And talking about organs and, and uh, finding out more. Great, thank you so much again. And what's that website address again? Uh, that's www.pasiorgans.com. And Pasi is my last name, P-A-S-I, and then organs with an S, plural. dot com. Great. Well, Martin, thank you for joining the program. We're learning a lot about organ building today. And I appreciate all your time and your your effort. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, this has been another production of The Core Business Show. You can download this episode on iTunes and Block Talk Radio. Everybody have a great day and take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.